Stay connected and never miss a beat with AT&T. Our reliable network covers more roads than any other carrier, ensuring you're always in the loop. Whether it's tournament upsets, buzzer beaters, or social media buzz, stay up to date. Don't let the action pass you by. Check if you're eligible for a free trial of in-car Wi-Fi at att.com slash in-car Wi-Fi. And keep the madness going. Always pay careful attention to the road and don't drive distracted. Wi-Fi hotspot intended for passenger use only when vehicle is in operation. Compatible device and vehicle required. This is where projects come to life. Our showrooms are designed to inspire with the latest products from top brands, curated in an inviting, hands-on environment, and a team of industry experts to support your project. We'll be there to make sure everything goes as planned, from product selection to delivery coordination. At Ferguson Bath, Kitchen, and Lighting Gallery, your project is our priority. Find great brands like Monogram at your local showroom or visit us online at ferguson.com build. It's time for a Big Blue Kickoff Live. Nobody can ever tell you that you couldn't do it because you did. On Giants.com. You know what I saw? New York Giant Prime. And the Giants mobile app. 17-14 is the final. One touchdown, we are world champions. Believe it, and it will happen. Part of the Giants Podcast Network. Let's go out there like a bunch of crazy dogs. Have some fun. Welcome to Thursday's edition of Big Blue Kickoff Live here on Giants.com as well as the mobile app. He's Jonathan Casillas. I'm Lance Meadow with you for the next 60 minutes. In multiple ways, you can interact with us here on the program. You give us a ring, 201-939-4513. You can also hit us up on Twitter, hashtag GiantsChat. And as a reminder, you can find the archive of this show and our entire podcast network on the Giants mobile app. Podcast platforms everywhere end at Giants.com slash podcast. So a busy day here at the Giants facility. We had the three coordinators speak earlier today. We had a few players speak after practice. And then, of course, some takeaways from practice and by far, JC, the biggest storyline is the play of Jalen Hyatt, who I think is turning heads on a daily basis. Specifically, we saw him make two great grabs deep down the field in the end zone. And we knew about his speed, but as you can attest to from being a former player, it's one thing for a guy to be able to run by a defender. It's another thing. Can he be on point, haul it in, secure the football? And we're seeing the combination of both on full display thus far. Yeah, I mean, today, I mean, it was two times he got behind the defense and Daniel Jones put the ball right where it was supposed to be at. And Jalen Hyatt does such a good job at tracking the ball yep. 40, 50 yards down the field, running full speed and bringing the ball in. And it was one time he was behind the coverage and it was another time he caught for a touchdown in between two defenders. And that just shows me he's a guy that when the deep ball needs to get thrown, he's a guy that you definitely can count on. And of course it's early, it's training camp, but it's so good to see because I think it has been a lack thereof for the New York Giants for a very long time. Well, and that's why it can mean wonders for the other players on offense. I think that's really what you're hitting on, given the fact that they haven't necessarily had that presence in and, quite some and time. And Lance, every single game that we've done, I always say they got to take a shot. The Giants have to take a shot early in the game to soften up the defensive backs, especially the safeties. As a safety, if you got a guy like 84, and I was comparing him today to Mike Wallace for the Pittsburgh Steelers that not too many people know about. Like, you got to be a football guy, I think, to know Mike Wallace. He was the other guy across Some from Antonio Brown. Some would say you got to be a news guy, but we'll get well, to Well, there you go. Later. I mean, yes. you're a football guy. Yes. Come on, Lance. You're yes. a sports guy, you're a football guy. You know a lot about sports for, in general. You know who Mike Wallace is. We had to go back and watch Mike Wallace on other teams because he was so fast that if you don't get back, if you don't honor him, it's a touchdown. 
And that's the, the predicament that Jalen Hyatt is going to put defenses in. At least that's what he's showing right now in training camp. And that's what the Giants need. Because look at all the other receivers besides Hodgins. Sure. They're all playing in inside. They're all running those intermediate routes, those position and those, you know, route, uh, the route tree routes, not just the deeper routes, but the route tree routes. And that, if you have a guy who can soften those safeties up or back those corners up and even get guys in to, to not focus in on a run in the front seven, it'll open up so much for the offense. And that's the thing I always said – during the season last year, the Giants need to start taking more shots, especially early, to soften up, to open up the uh, lanes for the run game. Loosens up the box. That's <clears throat> exactly. essentially what happens. And you want a safety to start thinking. What side of the field does he want to focus on? Can he afford to leave the corner all by himself on Jalen Hyatt's side of the field? And then all of a sudden, now the middle of the field is open for Darren Wilder yep. or the middle of the field is open for Isaiah Hodgins. So when you have a guy that can take the top off the ball, and in fairness, John Ross was here, the former first-round pick from the Bengals, and he did show that. It was flashes. It wasn't necessarily consistent. And it just goes to show you when you have that guy, I call him a home run threat, yep. right? The baseball analogy. <clears throat> Not only is he giving the defense something to think about, but – now the rest of the players benefit, and that's the key because now you have to think about what's the priority as a defensive coordinator and as a defender. What are you looking to shore up? Is it the middle of the field? Is it stopping Saquon Barkley with the run? Is it preventing the explosive plays that you're talking about that they need desperately based on last year's numbers? Yeah, absolutely. And then I think, look, it, when you make a play like that, uh, a deep play, there has, a, there has to be a lot of things that happen. Number one, the offensive line has to protect. That was something that we hit on last year multiple time. times yeah. that Daniel Jones didn't have time to throw. And we we're talking about the Eagles. I'm like, they need to open up you know, against the Eagles. Like, does he have time to throw? <laughs> That's a good question. But with this O-line, I feel like it's an improved O-line. I think John Michael Smith is going to show that he belongs to start at center for the New York Giants. And that's going to create time for Daniel Jones, who is the second part in this whole equation, that Daniel Jones is actually throwing that ball down the field. He's actually making that pass, and it's very accurate. And it's 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 like some of those passes are behind the defense, and there's only one person that can get him is is Jalen Hyatt, and it's a combination of all those things happening that I feel like just wasn't abundant last year at all. I mean, it happened very sparingly with with Slayton, but that was it. Maybe Isaiah Hodden is later in the season, maybe yeah. once or twice, but bro, I'm talking about every single game. You need to go up top to 84 early in the game. That'll help loose up the coverage. As a defender, I will look at my safety and be like, yo, can we get back, please? <laughs> you know, and that's the same thing a defensive coordinator would say. If 84 is lined up on your side and you got half field, please play the freaking half field. And then you got that'll open up lanes for Waller. Because when you're on defense, you're going to know what the, the danger guys are, right? 26 is a guy. You got to know where he's at, Saquon Barkley. Darren Waller, you got to know where he's at. If 84 is out wide, your safeties, your corners, you better understand if he runs a vertical route, you better haul it. Not just be back, but you better be hauling. Because number one, he's going to run past you because he can. Number two, they're going to be able to protect. Number three, Daniel Jones is now looking like he's he's willing to throw that ball. Because I think last year he wasn't willing to throw it a lot. you know. And I think for all the things that I said, the, the, the lack of a deep threat, 
and then the offensive line protection. Combination of both. Yeah. Yeah. No, 100%. I think those were two factors why you didn't see a lot of explosive plays. Also, you had injuries to the receiving core. There wasn't necessarily a consistent group within the mix. But with respect to Jalen Hyatt, the other thing that I think may show up throughout the course of the season if safeties and corners start respecting his speed, which means they're going to play much off of him, Jonathan, it's possible you can adjust your route, Absolutely. come back to the ball, right? And take the 10-yard first down. Absolutely. You don't need to necessarily have 40 to 50 yards down the field on every play. If they're going to play off of you, then adjust accordingly and come back to the football. You could see a lot of that happen throughout the season. I think that's where you see Tyreek Hill. Tyreek Hill, his success has come from because he was known as a deep threat guy. Then all of a sudden it's like, oh, he's running other routes. You know why he yep. can run other routes? Because you have to honor that deep ball. So if he's running full steam ahead, you better get out your pedal. You better flip your hips. You have to. And then you flip your hips, all of a sudden he runs a comeback. All of a sudden he runs a dig. Or he's even square in. Whatever the case is, that gets that separation. Something that I feel like Giants, there was separation last year. I think Richie James created a lot of separation because he worked over the middle a lot. Sometimes as nickels, sometimes as linebackers. But on the outside, those are the most talented players. I'm talking about cornerbacks. They're the most talented guys on the on the defensive side of the ball. They're very skilled. They understand how to play with leverage. They understand how to play with technique. All of that. You're not going to get that much open on them unless you have them thinking. Because these guys, you know the corners in this league, they get paid a lot of money for a reason. They're really good. Most of the corners. And we got some really good corners in this division. Going to Philly, going to Dallas, they got some sure. really good corners. Both of them teams having a tandem of corners. You have to find ways to get open. Jalen Hyatt is creating that buffer between him and that corner, between him and that safety to run a lot of underneath routes. And people always, not always, but people have been questioning his actual route running. Don't even, for me, if I was Jalen Hyatt, don't even buy into all of that stuff. Go ahead and try to catch me. Catch yeah, me. I mean, catch me running deep. Regardless of the route. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, if I'm only running deep routes, okay, cool. Guard me then. And then if you can guard me now, because you can guard me, that means you had to be cheating almost. Now the underneath routes open up just for him, and that just opens up the entire playbook. Jalen Hyatt can change the projection of his offense straight up like that. Without a doubt. Because of his speed. Yeah, and you look around the league. You brought up Tyreek Hill and the Kansas City Chiefs. It's no surprise that when Kansas City has the rest of its receiving core on paper, people don't get ultra excited, right, with right. respect to those names. But think about how much all those guys benefit yep. from the presence of Tyreek Hill, including Travis Kelsey. Yep. It goes to show you don't need three pro bowlers necessarily in your lineup if one guy in particular takes up all that attention. You brought up the cornerbacks. I want to flip the script here because another storyline that I think we're seeing emerged over the last few practices is clearly the strong play of Trey Hawkins and him mm -hmm. earning some reps with the first team. But Adoree Jackson getting some looks in the slot as a result of them putting Hawkins in the first team alignment and lining him up outside. And Wink Martindale was asked about, well, does this mean this is something that you could look to implement over the course of the regular season? He says, hey, this is the type of year it's experimentation. You want to get guys mixed and matched and see what they could do. And Adoree spoke to the media after practice and said, you know, he's willing to move around. And the more and more you think about it, Jonathan, when you look at what other teams specifically in the division have to offer, and pretty much all three teams have three wide receivers without any hesitation, yeah. right, that they would put on the field, 
you're going to need your slot guy to match Absolutely. up with a consistent weapon. So this idea, well, you may be throwing a Dory into uncharted territory. First of all, he said he's been exposed to the slot in high school and college. So it's not as if you're putting him in the deep end right. and you're saying, okay, no swimmies. Let's see what you can do. <laughs> right. I think he's going to be okay. But the point is, for example, the Cowboys, they may line C.D. Lamb up in the slot. Right. Well, what's wrong with putting a Dory Jackson right. on him? Or Washington with all of the variety of different guys. If Curtis Samuel lines up in the slot, what's wrong with putting a Dory Jackson on yep. them? I don't think that's a bad situation. Not at My all. My point is that you're putting a Dory in. Not at all. And that nickel position is, a, I feel like it's an underrated position because people don't understand, I think, the difficult the difficulties in playing that position. Because number one, you got to be a corner. You got to be able to run with these receivers. You got to be able to play these receivers on all the vertical routes, all the underneath routes. And then in the, in the run game, you're almost a linebacker in certain formations. Like you're literally in the box. You got to fill in a B gap, a C gap, you know? So who, not to say there's nobody else that can do it, but who has the experience to play inside and outside besides a Dory Jackson? You know, you get a guy like Trey Hawkins and I equate it to the 2016 year when Eli Apple was was drafted yep. uh, and Janoris Jenkins came over. They was going to bump DRC inside, Dominic Rogers Camardi. And I was like, why would we do something like that? He's such a good outside corner. And DRC kind of had a little bit of a problem with it. But when he moved inside, and like you said, now he's guarding maybe their second or third best option, DRC has no problem guarding those type of guys. And then the help was even going, thrown to Eli Apple, and he was holding his own throughout the year. And we had a lot better contested passes throughout the year because of everybody playing a position that they're either familiar with or they have experience at or they do very well at. Now, last year, we had a lot of guys playing at cornerback that never played it down at all, you know? And this these younger guys, Hawkins and, and Banks, they're getting a lot of quality reps right now. And I think that's going to bode well for them this season. And if Adore Jackson has to move inside, so what? If you have two corners, that because Hawkins is a lot bigger than Adore Jackson. Oh, yeah. Or Dory Jackson is not a big guy. He's a smart guy. He has great instincts, great technique, but he's not a big guy. Hawkins can actually match up against the bigger receivers in this division, like a CeeDee Lamb, like a, 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 a Scary Terry McLaurin over there in Washington, you know, A.J. Brown over there in Philly. Or you, Devontae Smith, yeah. Devontae Philly. Smith. Yeah. Not big guy, but No, no, no but what I'm saying a is vertical weapons. threat, yeah. right, a weapon. Yeah. He has a bigger body and frame to match up a little bit better than a Dory that has to use basically technique. No, I think that's a great point. The other thing I was going to add is when you play in the slide, and you know this better than anybody – you don't have a very tight space to operate within, mm -hmm. right? And you don't have the boundary of the sideline. So you need, it's really maybe more so, Jonathan, about smarts and savviness than skill set and talent. Because if you can't dictate the traffic and be comfortable when there's a lot yep. of activity, right, in your vicinity, you're going to be lost. So I look at Adori getting some time in the slot as a positive for the yeah. Giants, not necessarily a liability. And, you know, based on what we're talking about the division, it just goes to show you, you need three corners yes. in this league. You can't yes. have two and then feel okay about your third because I want to go back to your experience in 2016, and I'm not pouring salt in your wounds, okay? But when DRC got hurt in that Packers playoff game, yep. what did Aaron Rodgers do the minute DRC was pulled off the field? He started targeting... The replacement for DRC. And that's what good quarterbacks do. Exactly. You know, I spoke to Owens today a little bit. You know, he was showing he was showing his blitz a little bit. And I was like, hey, you gotta make your blitzes look like every like every single time you line up on a line of scrimmage, whether you're bluffing or you're blitzing, you have to make them look exactly the same. 
all the good quarterbacks in the league, they're going to look and they're going to see right away you're not coming. They're going to see tell. that. They're going to see that safety moving over. Oh, he's not coming. You know, it's so easy for them because they've seen it so many times. And it could be your left foot forward instead of your right foot. It could be you actually squinting down or you peeking back. They'll see all of that stuff. The subtleties. But the rookies, they don't understand that. They don't understand the high level of play of guys on the offensive side of the ball because you just don't see that in college. You don't see quarterbacks that make checks because they know what you're in. Even though you're in a full disguise, but they know what you're in. And you don't know that they know that you're in, that, 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 you, that they know what you're in. But I, I told them that because this is something that, this is level 424. You know what I mean? This is not one-on-one. You know, this is a high level. When you get to the NFL, the first week in OTAs, it's very vanilla. Even training camp is very vanilla. They're going to run, you know, very vanilla, easy plays, easy coverages, easy defenses. Once you hit that regular season, this is all advanced level classes in football. This is not football one-on-one. There's no entry courses in the, during the <laughs> season, right? This is, this is how you make plays when you make the blitzes and your coverages look exactly the same. Now you got them guessing, second guessing. If they know what you're in, you can't do anything because these offenses, the way these teams are built, they have an answer for everything that you do, just like defenses. They have, defenses have coverages for everything offenses do, vice versa. But if you know what they're in, that bodes tremendously for you. Why do you think Luke Keekley has so much success? He studied film so much that he knew what was going to happen. If you know what's going to happen, you can have success. If you're showing what's going to happen, that gives the other team the success. And you got to have a lot of guys like Owens and anybody that's going to play that's been drafted this year, which I think is going to be a lot of guys, they have to get from intro course to that second level 202 course to those advanced 600 level courses right away, Lance. Has to happen right away. Advanced placement. Take absolutely the AP, AP courses yeah, absolutely of course oh, I know what you're talking we're singing the same music <laughs> with respect to that no all relevant topics that I think are going to come into play with respect to this season and you know once again it's better to get their feet wet this early in training camp, exposed. Yep. especially if you never know how the injury bug will show up and it's the guarantee in the NFL if you could get a Trey Hawkins with the first team throughout the course of training camp, maybe week four, week five, something comes up, you want to play him a little bit more, maybe it's not as much of a rude awakening. There's always going to be the growing pains. Yes, that goes without sure. saying, but you at least lined him up in that spot with a Dory maybe in the slot, and you're not going through the reps for the first time in an actual meaningful regular season game. Lance Meadow, Jonathan Casillas with you here, Thursday's edition of Big Blue Kickoff Live. A few reminders here before we open up the phone lines. In terms of the Giants Auto Podcast, you can check that out on your favorite podcast platform. You can also go to Giants.com slash podcast. The 2023 NFL schedule, it's officially out. Single game tickets are on sale now. Don't miss the Giants at MetLife Stadium this season. Visit Giants.com slash tickets to secure your seat. You can also take your fandom to the next level with a season ticket membership. Stay connected to the club all year round. Not just on game days, memberships are now available for the 2023 season. To learn more about all the exclusive member benefits, visit Giants.com slash tickets. Limited inventory is available. And last but not least, the Giants official connected TV streaming app. Giants TV, it brings you original video game content and game highlights on demand and direct to Big Blue fans. Giants TV, it's free. It's on Apple TV, Roku, Amazon Fire TV, as well as the Giants mobile app. So let's open up the phone lines at 201-939-4513. We check in with Jason in New Haven, joining us here on BBKL. What's happening, Jason? What do you got for us? 
Uh, how you guys doing? Doing all right. Good, man. What's on Good. your mind? Thanks for, thanks for taking my call. Just real quick, uh, Jonathan, it's nice talking to you um, or, you know, seeing you on BBKL. So it's a pleasure, you know, being on the line with you. I just want to give you your flowers. Appreciate I think it that. was like the 20, I think it was like the 2017 season. I remember one of the plays from you that was a big play. Uh, I think we was playing the Ravens and uh, they was at the goal line and uh, Flacco threw a, I don't know if he threw like a, I forgot what it was, but it was a run play, and you uh, shedded the fullback and stopped the running back at the one-yard line. So I always remember that play from you. Uh, Thank you, you, man. Us. That was 2016. Yep, fourth and goal. Yep. yep, good stop. 16. I don't know who the running back was. It was West. For the Ravens. Yeah, it was West. Yes, yes, yes. So I yeah. just want to give you your flowers. Appreciate guys. that, brother. Um, yeah, no problem. Uh, real quick, I know you got other callers. I'll try to make a few points. Um, well, how do you know we have other uh, callers? You know, Maybe you can maximize the phone call. You're making assumptions here. Bro, you know? we got other callers. Let's go. Let's well, go. We, we don't know. You know we, we like to create a little bit of mystery here on the program. We may, we may not. Trust I don't know. I'm sure you got a lot of calls behind me, so I'll, I'll try to make it quick. A uh, few things. There's been a lot of positive vibes from the team, uh, from training camp. Now, I will say this. I try not, as a fan, I try not to get too hyped up. Um with these practices, I mean, the players know each other. The corners know the receivers. The receivers know the corners. The real test is going to be next week when we practice against Detroit. I remember, and I know, Jonathan, maybe you could elaborate, you know, because sometimes I forget as well. I remember one year we had a really good training camp. It was a lot of buzz. I want to say maybe the 2017 season. And I remember we went to Cincinnati. That's when they still had A.J. Green and um, forgot the quarterback. He always escapes me. Andy Dalton. Um, oh, was it Carson? Andy Dalton? No, Dalton was Dalton? quarterback yeah. by then. Yeah. You're right. It was Andy Dalton, Dalton yeah. yep. And uh, yep. I remember hearing reports from that that joint practice, how we were just getting just annihilated by Cincy. So I'm, I'm excited for all the players. A lot of the plays are being made. But I'm going to hold my reservation until that Detroit game. Second uh, Detroit uh, practice, um, joint practice. A uh, few other points. And I'll make it quick, and maybe you can answer off the air, however you sure. want to do yeah, it. Yeah, that's how so, we'll do it. Yeah. Okay, so the first one, I think, uh, I, I don't know why fans or just media, whoever, guys on Twitter are overreacting about Deontay Banks. Um, you know, being a corner is notoriously one of the hardest, outside of left, outside of tackling quarterback one of the hardest positions to acclimate yourself into when you get to the league, and I'm sure you two know that as well. So, listen, I'm not too overly um, overly too nervous about Banks. He'll catch his stride. I mean, he's playing against some really fast pro receivers. You know, you got Beasley, Shepard, you got Hodge. I mean, it's, 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 it's a lot of competition, and I'm sure it'll make him better. So I won't get too worried about Banks. Has he gotten beat on some plays in practice? Of course, but – most corners are going to get beat on practice. They're not Jason, he hasn't, they played, really... he hasn't played one NFL regular season snap yet. So I, I think we can hold off on making declarations yeah. about rookie players. Absolutely. Uh, last two points. Um, just seeing how, our, our, you know, just reading the tea leaves and watching some of these practices on Giants.com and stuff. I'm really amazed. Last year, we talked about uh, our skill position players and you know, we had to do more of a boot action, play action kind of offense, use Daniel's legs, that so on and so forth, which worked last year. But just seeing some of these clips of how fast our offense looks, I remember for years just being jealous of Kansas City with uh, Tyreek, and they have McCole Hardman, 
even in Miami, they got Tyreek, they got the other, they got Waddle, and yep. I'm just like, damn, like these teams have so much speed on the field, like it's hard to just cover that much grass. And it looks like we're tr- trending. Now we haven't played yet, and I get that, but it looks like we're trending towards that. That it's just it's a lot. It's a lot of speed. Waller, uh, Hyatt, Slayton. I mean Barkley, Breida. I mean you just name it. I mean it's just it just seems like a lot of speed. And the last point. Um, a lot, uh, one player that I'm very interested in who I think is actually going to make this roster is Cole Beasley. Um, I, I don't I don't think – I know a lot of people say, oh, he's 34, uh, he's older, but I don't look at it like that. I mean, he has some familiarity with the offense, and why, why wouldn't he be able to make the roster? I mean, he runs Chris routes. He catches everything. He was always a pain in our butt, and I'm sure, Jonathan, you know, when he played in Dallas, so – I don't. I don't think it's. I don't think it's far fetched for me to say he's going to make the roster. I think we're going to keep seven receivers. Uh, well, I know that's seven a maybe a lot. Yeah, I think you know that I depends know, on you know maybe if one or two guys is on pup or something like that. And I would think six would probably be the max. And we'll let you go on that note, Jason. Appreciate the phone call. Thanks for giving us a ring. I think seven may be pushing it, Jonathan. Especially when you have to look at the other needs on the roster. Plus, if they feel really good about a young guy you would hope that they could get through waivers and you put them on the practice squad and then yeah. you call up a guy from the practice squad in the event you suffer an injury or something like that. Yeah, I think six might be the magic number for receivers. And, you know, it's so funny. I seen Cole Beasley and I'm just looking at him up and down. I said, bro, I don't like I don't like that. I don't like You said, look like what? I said, you in that uniform. I just I just can't do it, bro. I can't do it now. He was like, well, you better get used to it. <laughs> but it's it's interesting because, you know, I've, I've played in the league. I played in the league nine years. I played against Cole Beasley, but Beasley, Tons of times, you know, for different teams. And, uh, you know, he's a good receiver. I think it was good that the Giants picked him up, given the health of Sterling Shepard and his history, and then also the help of Wanda Robinson, which guys are going to play in similar positions. And then you bring in Jamison Crowder as well, another guy from the division that has a lot of familiarity with this team and this division, another guy that's kind of in that similar type of mode that's going to play in the inside. But the thing is, all of those guys that I named besides Wandell have adequate experience in the NFL, have, you know, caught touchdown passes, have been a hero on third downs, have won games for teams. So they have adequate experience, and they bring that to that room, which I think lacked last year when Sterling went down. But now Sterling's back. He's healthy. We don't know exactly how much play he's actually going to get this year, given that he was just on PUP. He just got activated, what, two days ago, three days ago? So they still have him on a uh, on a play on a on a pitch count, you know. So Cole Beasley's coming in. Yeah, he's a little bit older, but if you get all of those guys, that means it's less reps for each guy, which would be good for guys that are a little bit older, right? They know how to run. They know how to run routes. Yes, you need to run them, but you don't need to run a thousand of them. No, not at all. You yeah. know, and these guys can all help each other out, and I think it's going to push all of. I think all the guys in the receiver room are going to push them each other to get the best guy to play each position and then they're all going to be versatile to play all the positions that the receivers have available and I think that's the group you got I think it's a great group of receivers and you rated them number one overall yeah well I've been saying that all <laughs> offseason because yeah. of the volume and the depth and Beasley just added to yep, that total yeah, he did. when we were talking about that Beasley wasn't even wasn't on the team even there, yep. I would say this if Wondell <clears throat> Robinson rolls over to regular season pup because he's still on the training camp offseason pup then, you know, that certainly increases the chances, you would think, of Cole Beasley making it to the 53-man roster. And then we'll see how active a participant Sterling Shepard is because, you know, he's also working his way back 
with respect to a torn ACL, though he suffered the injury much earlier in the season yeah. than Wondell Robinson. You have Paris Campbell, too. You, know, you continue to go through the list. You brought up Crowder. There's a lot of guys that are capable of playing on the inside. Yep. But as you were referencing, I don't think the Giants, when they're making the 53-man roster, they're saying to themselves, okay, we have two guys that can be on the inside. We have three other guys that can be on the outside. To your point, they look at these players as interchangeable. Some guys are going to be playing outside-inside. Vice versa. It's not just, okay, we're going to keep this guy in the roster because he can only play on the inside. No, you know injury is going to come up. You want to have the flexibility and the leeway to move these players around. You don't want to have to get to three or four weeks into the season and say, oh, well, you know, we don't feel confident about moving this guy to the inside. And I'll bring up a side note. When Tyke Tolbert, who was the longtime Giants wide receivers coach, whenever he would speak to the media, he would say, we train our wide receivers to learn every single position. We don't bring them in and say, okay, you're a slot guy, you're an outside guy. No, you're a wide receiver, period, end of discussion. And I feel as if this coaching staff has a very similar approach. Yeah, yeah, but that's good because that adds versatility in the things that you want to do when injuries happen because we all know it's a fact, it's a given, injuries are going to happen. Yeah, you're not going to get through the health of all these guys, 100%. Right, which is sad, but the truth. That's just what it is. It's the reality, right? That's why when we talk about, you know, the the points that I wanted the the Giants to hit this year was was sign Daniel Jones, get offensive line, get get a center, figure out the Saquon situation, sign him. But the number two was behind Daniel Jones was get depth. Because you need depth because injuries will happen. And you need valuable players. You need players that when they come in, they have a little bit of experience. I think we saw last year a lot of guys came in on the back end that had no experience, and they showed it in the games. When it's week 12 and you got a guy with no experience playing against, I don't know, Aaron Rodgers, you know what I mean? And, and these guys playing in a slot, Devontae Adams, bro, like you, you literally have no chance. You have no chance going against these guys. And you're nervous, like at least like you talk about Trey Hawkins, he's getting out there now in training camp. He might be with the first team going against Amon Ross St. Brown next week, you know, in, in D- Detroit. Yeah. You know, that'd be valuable experience now. Maybe he plays early, maybe he doesn't, but if he gets inserted to the lineup, that is useful. And I that goes for all of the receivers, all the linebackers, all of the D linemen that's getting quality reps right now. All of that stuff happens. All that stuff matters, excuse me, because injuries will happen. And you need somebody to step up whenever it happens and be ready to go. Some guys, they think they're ready until they get in and they get in front of those lights, and it's a whole different story. You can say that about most careers in society, right? Indeed. Until they throw you into the fire, it could very well be a rude awakening. And football is no different with respect to the dynamics of this game. All right, let's head back to the phone lines. We check in. Let's hear from Andrew in Virginia here on BBKL. What's happening, Andrew? What do you got for us? Hey, guys. Uh, shout out to Dominic on the phones. Um, <laughs> Are you a cousin, uh, a relative? Want... What's the association? He's a fan. No, yeah. no. Well, still, uh, it sounds a, like you're going uh, out of your way to give him a little bit of pub here. I don't know. I'm suspicious. <laughs> <laughs> um, I just want to be on record on talking about special teams for the first, the first person uh, this year. You know, Coach uh, Mack. Um, Last year had a tough, tough go with, uh, you know, the jumbo, you know, the the jambalaya not being as uh, resourced as it should be. So hopefully this year he has better talent to put in that jumbo. And I just, I just uh, hope people are paying attention to that. And I want to get your take on the new advisor that just uh, joined. That's all I have. Thanks, guys. All right. 
Appreciate the phone call. Thanks for giving us a ring. Thomas McGee did speak to the media earlier today. He was asked about some of the guys in terms of the return game. Eric Gray was brought up, and we've seen him taking reps in the return game in practice. I saw him even put in work after practice, and he's an intriguing talent because I think he brings that speed and versatility that if they do want to throw him into the mix, that's a player to watch out for. I'm sure he's going to get his fair share of opportunities in the preseason. As far as the caller's question about the overall substance of the special teams unit and you know this from being a special teams player first of all you know you go into a season thinking oh your core looks great and then as injuries occur and they take you away from special Mm -hmm. teams and you become an every down offensive and defensive player you know sometimes that's just once again a product of life in the NFL but if you look at this draft class Jonathan they've added players Javarius Owens, Mm -hmm. Trey Hawkins, the back-end defensive backs, they have a wealth of special teams experience before they even step foot on an NFL field here. Which would be huge because, like he said, he's the first one to bring up special teams, but special teams is a third of the game of the NFL, right? And you have to have, I feel like, a strong core of guys. Of course, a good kicker, solid punter, great long snapper to be consistent. But then you also have to have great cover guys. You got to have guys that are selfless and a little bit crazy on kickoff <laughs> and punt return, right? Because you got to have guys that will go down there and, and and do whatever it takes to stop that ball, right? And then on offense, on, excuse me, on punt coverage, on punt, you got to have guys, first of all, the level of skill that punt requires, people don't understand. You got a whole bunch of linebackers and defensive ends and tight ends who tight ends have done it but who've never kicked slid in their life. Now you got to go ahead and do that against a legit pass rusher. When they go punt safe, that's their first string defense out there. Like, you got to be on point. The Giants need a solid core. I throw Carter Coughlin in there. He's a guy that yep. made that play last year to open up the season with that forced fumble on kickoff. Cam Brown you is need, another one. You need guys like that all over the field. Like, not just... At the, in the linebacker room, because those are linebackers, right? Cam Brown is a safety, he's a linebacker. No, Cam Brown's a linebacker. He's, he's a linebacker, yeah, so yeah. I thought I'm a 47. Sure. Right. You need guys like that at corner. You need guys like that at receiver. You know, because and that will also help the receiver room as well, too. You got a guy that's coming, like uh, Dwayne Harris. Dwayne Harris for the Giants, he made the Pro Bowl or special teams because not only was he a great receiver, fourth, fifth receiver, he was a great blocking receiver. He was a fearless punt returner. Whenever he was at Gunner, he was making plays. The Giants need guys like that. Big-time players. Dexter Lawrence, big-time player. Saquon Barkley, big-time player. Who is the big-time player besides Graham Gano? Who is the big-time player on special teams? Who is the Matthew Slaters, the Bethels of the world, yep. the Jonathan Casillas of the world? Who is those guys that's going to make an impact on special teams and, and get that much closer to the other two big teams in our division? Because... What Thomas he spoke about earlier today was that hidden yardage that adds up mm-hmm. over the course of the regular season. It's not just necessarily one game on an island. It can win you and lose you games if Absolutely. you give Which it did. additional kick right. return and a punt return. Yeah, because if you're going to shorten the field for these offenses, you're going to put that much more pressure on your defense. It's a fair question. It's a great question. You know, we can only throw out some of these young guys that we've yep. seen some flashes from. Tamon Fox is another guy I'll throw yep. out. Dane Belton we saw play yep. some special teams last year. The point is between last year's draft class slash undrafted guys, this year's class, you're seeing there's a volume of athletes but until we see it done consistently, Thomas Gahey will tell you the same thing. There's potential, there's upside, 
but we're still in the feel it out process because be. we're getting a lot of these guys their feet wet. Yep. Didn't he say last year is like he's making jambalaya? Or was it gumbo? He said gumbo. It was gumbo. Whatever it is, Correct. he just yes. throws it in there. Yeah, see what one he week got. it shrimp. Right. You know, whatever it is. Ingredients every but week. that's the task yeah. of a special teams coach, right? That's the task of a guy who. He don't really know who he's playing Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. He might not know till Saturday, which is Correct. the day before the game. Or he can have a plan going into the weekend, and it changes. Right, and it changes. Kickoff or which something is like that. which is insane. Yeah. But what I've known throughout the years, you got to have a core group of guys, right? Yes, one of the guys could get activated, but you got to have two, three, four guys that are on all four special teams: kickoff, kick return, punt, and punt return. Of course, the kicking game as well. But that's Graham Gano and the offensive line and tight ends and all that good stuff. But when you talk about the four-core special teams, and of course the NFL has been taking away special teams, but you still got to cover punts. You still have to cover punts. Punt is probably the most important play on special teams because it's all about field position with punt, right? Offense gets backed up. All of a sudden, a great punt, you know, creates that field position, right? A bad punt or a punt return creates that field position and swing. That's the hidden yardage that really don't get accounted for at the end of games. Giants, I feel like, haven't had that presence there for a while, actually. And let's see this year because they have had a great draft class. And I feel like they have drafted a lot of guys that can play special teams. And you might see, you know, like a, a, a Zimenez. You might see a Zimenez yeah. make the team because of special teams. I would say there's a very strong trance that that facet is going to be a deciding factor right. in his fate. Right. Yeah. And then you look for a guy like that to to not only make the, the team on special teams, but be a vital cog when it comes down to the deciding factor and what made the play to win this game. And sometimes the special teams, a block punt here, a drop punt here, right? Come back to bite you. It cool. could come back to yeah. bite you. So you need a core of guys because the kicker and the punter situation is all figured out. But you need a core of guys that's going to go cover these kicks and that's going to block and create help create that field position and that hit of yardage that no one talks about. Well, Taman Fox is a perfect example. Last season, he made the team. I'm not saying it was only because of what he did on special teams. They liked the pass rushing ability. But if you remember, one of the preseason games, they went, I believe it was an onside kick, and Fox laid a hit, helped yep. recover a football. You know, those things show up on film, and now the coaches have something to think about. You brought up Dwayne Harris. I think that's an excellent example because he was on all four teams. The other guy that comes to mind in recent history, Antonio Hamilton, yep. who's now on the Cardinals, who actually Michael has Thomas. become more of a corner. Michael yep. Thomas, Michael Thomas. a great one. Yep. Went to the Cincinnati Bengals. You know, those guys are the bread and butter of your special teams. Yep, yep. And, the, and, and those guys, like, I like Michael Thomas so much. Fantastic. And he a great human being He was such a great dude. Well. Yeah. He was a leader. But you get a guy like that, like, that's going to propel your special teams unit. You're going to look at him and be like, all right, I can't let Michael down. You know what I mean? You're a young guy. You don't know nothing. You know, but you like, I don't want to let him down because this is 10th year, 11th year, whatever. And this is how he makes his and feeds his kids, you know? Sure. And, and like, you got to have guys like that. And I look at Carter Coughlin and be that guy for the New York Giants. He's been here for a while, not really playing too much defense. But I see him consistently every single year as a guy that's making plays on special teams. Coughlin, seventh-round pick in 2020. You do the math, there's a huge year for him. Yep, a huge here's year. Here's the fourth and final year of his rookie contract. So he understands what's on the line under those circumstances. All right, let's head back to the phone lines. We've got Dave in Cranford joining us here on Big Blue Kickoff Live. What's happening, Dave? What do you got for us? Yo, boys. So first thing, I just want to shout out Dom. Thanks so much for getting me through. He uh, 
but just another shout out to him. Is he requesting shout outs? What's well, going on? I here? just yeah, think this he is pretty a much. I, I couldn't get. <laughs> yeah. I couldn't get through. He, Are you writing the check? Are you making sure that you have his last name and his middle initial to make out the check no, just, accordingly? No. He just seems like a good guy. Oh, he hey, seems I, like I do, I, everybody wants me to take Pearson's spot in here. Apparently, oh, well, yeah, we have yeah, a no. competition on the production Ooh. side. Okay. We love we love yeah. Pearson. Hey, <laughs> so uh, for, first thing is uh, it's great talking to both of you, uh, Jonathan. Had a pleasure of bringing my son to meet you a couple years ago in uh, New Brunswick, back to your hometown, yes, back to your area. And I uh, can't thank you enough, man. I, it sounds crazy, but, like, he was a young kid going into high school, middle linebacker. Um, poor kid had me as a father, so he's a slow-footed <laughs> white man, so that was a problem. But anyway, he was smart and tough. But it's so funny because you pulled him aside. I mean, first of all, you were just a class dude, like uh, 100%, like unbelievable. And you pulled him aside when I when I mentioned he was like middle linebacker going to high school, and you said to him, and you were talking to him through some things. He was a smart kid. He, he knew knew how to play the position. And you said, uh, so, you know, um, what did you say to him? Run, and, you know, read and react or run and react? And he was like, well, my coaches tell me, you know, read and then fill the hole. He was like, man, just want to give you advice, like run and react, run and react. And so he took that back. And you know what? He played at a, at a very competitive high school in New Jersey, which was a lot of really good ones. Started for three years as a middle linebacker. Nice. Um, always knew how to fill the right gap. Oh, and, and that line became part of their coaching because they were, like, asking him, like, man, you're always in the right gap. You're always there fast. And he's like, yeah, I got to talk to this guy, Jonathan. He told me, like, you know, I should run and react and not just read and react. No and, like, so thank you for that. So, hey, I, I want to just mention something. Um, you know, first game of the season, we're playing the Cowboys, man. It, it is just unbelievable to me. Jerry Jones comes out. I, I'm sorry. I, I know this is crazy, but I just got to say it anyway. Jerry Jones comes out. And, like, you know, if, if I, I will tell you this. If Lance or, or Schmelke or, or Paulie Dot said some of the things about the specifics of the Giants' scheme – and the changes they were going to make, the way Jerry Jones did. Jerry Jones comes out and says, "Oh, by the way, we're changing up our blocking scheme. We're going to make it. We're going to make it a lot tighter. We're going to move our gaps a lot tighter. And oh, by the way, we're going to make it a lot more simple. They're they're making Dak Prescott out to sound like he's an idiot. I know he's not an idiot, but they're making him out to sound like an idiot. And and there's other folks, Dan Orlovsky, other folks saying the same thing, which is." They are making, you know, Dak so scared to have a turnover. I'm telling you, it's going to have a negative impact on that team. Their defense is great. Michael Parsons is unbelievable. I get it. But at the end of the day, I am telling you right now, they are going to take a step back. And, 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 and the, the biggest issue is, like, he comes out and says these things. You know, I'm sitting there, and the giant, I'm like, I, I can't imagine that Wink Martindale's like, oh, Hey, really nice to know that the the, the Cowboys are going to like have a tighter well, but blocking. But Dave, in, in fairness, you you really don't know at this point how much validity there is behind those comments. For example, earlier in the offseason, Dallas was emphasizing with Kellen Morgan and Brian Schottenheimer now as their offensive coordinator, Mike McCarthy wants to run the football more, right? That was the whole storyline. So, 
does that mean that they're going to have a run-pass ratio this season where it's all Tony Pollard and Dak Prescott as a spectator? Some of that stuff you throw out in the middle of February because it's so early in the season and you're emphasizing change. And then September, October rolls around. It's a completely different story. And it's Jerry Jerry Jones. He's the owner. He can say anything he wants. And he's always been vocal, right? It's nothing new with him. Like you said, me, Lance, or John – First of all, we're not saying none of that because there's people above us. There's nobody <laughs> above Jerry Jones. He can say anything he want. Who's going to fire I, him, himself? Sure. <laughs> I get it. I get it that he's saying anything he wants, but I actually don't think it's that far off. And at the end of the day, when you think about the type of information that they're putting out there just about where Dak is at, they're, they're making him more scared around interceptions and turnovers and anytime you do that to a quarterback when you you're going to take away his aggressiveness you're going to take away isn't this what we want right (laughs) we want Dak to throw interceptions we want doc to be uh Dak to be hesitant right and dave it, it also it reminds me of the conversation actually and we appreciate the phone call we'll let you go on that note it reminds me jonathan of the conversation that giants fans were having about daniel jones entering last season right? Don't turn the ball over. You got to bring the totals down and you can make the same argument. Oh, mentally it's going to get to DJ. He's going to overthink, right? Every time he gets onto the field and he had a very good season, right? In terms of ball security. So I understand it's the off season. We're all yearning to get back on the field and talk about something. A lot of this stuff is just commentary that doesn't hold much substance at all. I, I would not read personally much into anything that an owner, a GM, or a coach says until we actually see some evidence out on the field. He sounded like he was a little torn, like he was like a like an undercover Dallas fan or something. Didn't it sound like that, though? I don't know if it came across as that. No? I felt I, like I he was like, it, yeah, he's like defending it, Dak. We don't care about Dak here, No, I, it didn't sound like he was defending Dak. I mean, I care about his health yeah. and all. I don't want anything <laughs> to happen to him. But I, I hope he plays horrible against the Giants. Well, well, he throws us a whole bunch of interceptions. <laughs> <laughs> what it, it came across to me, like any fan would do, right? You hear a rival talking about things, and you try to twist it and turn it to maybe explain why the player won't do well okay. in the upcoming season. Yeah, yeah, That's yeah. how it sounded to me. Yeah. It's like, okay, well, Jerry said this, so how do we find it and fine-tune it to get to the point where it means Dak's going to overthink things? And once again, it reminds me of a similar conversation revolving around Daniel Jones at mm-hmm. this time last season. And you could argue, eh, how much turnovers do you want to talk about because DJ's going to start overthinking things? And yeah. Was he? I mean, no. no different than this season, right? The t- the talk is, well, if he's more aggressive, he takes more shots down the field. Aren't you worried that turnovers could go up, right? Because if you're going to air it out, right, you were talking about you want more explosive yep. plays. Well, the, it's the harder you throw it down the field, the more so you do that, there's the risk of you're going to put the ball in danger, yep. right? More so than you did last season. Yep. It's a trade-off. Yeah, absolutely. And And look... I got a lot of respect for Dak. I think he, I think he's a good player. I mean, he, he's been good since he's been in the NFL. I don't expect him to throw as many interceptions as he did last year. I do expect him to be a pro and try to limit those interceptions. So, look, I don't care what Jerry Jones is saying and stuff like that. But what I do care is how the Giants play week one. That's what I truly care about. You know, and I think as of right now, how they're doing practices, the way the roster's looking, how they're giving the younger guys a lot of experience, how they're resting older guys. I feel like the Giants have a great plan to be ready for week one because that's that that's all that matters. Who is ready? Who's on the roster? Who's ready to play week one versus Dallas? 
Dak, by the way, prior to last season, he had 15 interceptions in 2022. Never had more than 13 mm-hmm. in any of his given seasons. And we're talking about somebody that's been between 22 and 37 touchdowns. Because throw away 2020. That was when he got hurt against the Giants. He's been fairly consistent. Last year was a bit of an outlier, but 15 interceptions, if you look at the rest of the league, not terrible. And also, a number of the interceptions reminded me of when Eli had one year where Eli was very high in the teens, on the precipice of the 20s, and you know what happened? You go back and you watch the film, how many throws off a wide receiver fingertips? Is that on the quarterback? There were a few that Dak had off the top of my head where that was a product of, wasn't necessarily a bad throw, it was off the chest. It was the Jacksonville game where the Jaguars won on a walk-off pick six. Those things happen. Yeah, they do. Yeah, they do. But, I mean, whatever with Dak, right? (laughs) I'm just giving facts that are pertinent to the conversation. I can tell you're already wanting to move on from the subject at hand here. All right, let's head back to the phone lines. We check in with Keith and Merrick joining us here on BBKL. What's happening, Keith? What do you got for us? Hey, guys. Well, hey, actually, guys. Keith, how you doing? We're doing well, but before we get to your answer, what do you think of Dom and the work he does? We're taking a survey I, on today's program, so it's only appropriate you guys, throw your two cents in. Very curious. Guys, yes. guys, before I get started, I just want to make sure you give a shout-out to Dom. It's very important. There you go. I want to be the third caller to bring it up. No, okay. you know, once again, no. The, the show's not complete unless you throw in your perspective on, on the job that he's doing like as he pats himself on the back. Uh, so- yes. He's doing an amazing job. He's no Pierce, though. Just kidding. Oh. <laughs> a little backhanded compliment there. We like that, though. We like that. We want to hear more of that. Yeah. Because we, uh, we like to funny. keep the staff in check. You know, we don't want their heads to get too big, Keith. So I commend uh, you. Thank you. Thank you. Yes. All right. Two, two things. A, I was trying to do a review on Apple, on the Apple podcast. You guys are always promoting it. I'm having a lot of trouble finding a way to put a review just for Apple. So if you can maybe put that like, on Twitter or something, just write instructions because I'm having trouble and I really want to do it. instructions on how to write a review for the podcast. See, now, you know who you should have asked? You should have asked Dom before you came on and then... I did. Oh, you did? And what was his response? Oh, he directed... He, said, he says he directed to us. To us. <laughs> so, so we're supposed to host the show, take calls, and be a tech-savvy yeah. expert. Yeah, that's I all you want. I'm I good. Didn't get that. Okay. Uh, <laughs> Well, I, I mean, listen, to my knowledge, it, it's fairly simple where I believe if you scroll down to the bottom where it lists all it of the reviews, you should be able to click on something, some button that enables you to yeah, add so your you review. Oh, see, Dom is bringing yeah. this up in real time on his phone. This on, is tremendous uh, here. I love it. If yes. you go onto the show's page and uh, you just scroll all the way down to the reviews, it'll let you uh, – it's a little purple box that says write a review. So there you go. Right on Perfect. There. Yep. Yeah. Okay. Perfect. I'll figure it out. Um, we have faith in you. We have confidence. We're pulling for you, Keith. We're pulling uh, for you. I, I can handle yeah. this one. Don't worry. We hope so. I don't know. Pressure's on here. You know, we'll see whether or not you can deal with adversity accordingly. Uh, thank you. I right, so now have my other question, which is actually related to the Giants. I hope so. Yes. Um, <laughs> I know with the, I know you talked about a couple kind of last week about how we have six wide receivers. One will probably, you know, and Jameson Crowder might go to the practice squad based on what we need. Is there any other position where you think we're just having way too many people and that person most likely will not make the team end up either going to practice because you feel strongly about going to the practice squad or going to another team where we're like fully loaded and just have too many players available? All right, Keith, fair question. We'll leave it at that and appreciate the phone call. Well, wide receiver is a position we focused on. So he's asking outside of wide receiver, another spot where you think the volume is so much that – somebody's going to be cut and they may or may not make it back to I don't, practice. I don't even know if that's a thing. 
I don't even know if you can have too many people because people will be cut. You know, and it's like, why won't you have the most competition out there to get the best players available? You know, and I don't know. I think the receiver room is definitely number one. And I think other positions need a little bit more depth. I don't really see another position that you can say is an overhaul of talent, you know, because, yeah, we got a lot of guys, but how many guys are actually going to play? How many guys actually have experience? Besides that receiver room, I don't really see another room like that room. I'll throw out two, and I'm with you. I don't think either of these positions has the same volume. No, no, but the way I'll label it is, with respect to the caller's question, it's going to give the coaching staff some food for thought where Mm -hmm. they're going to have to weigh two guys against one another. So my first one is tight end. I was about to say that. You got Myrick, you got Cager. You got Tommy Sweeney, who you brought in, who's a blocker. Mm -hmm. So it could come down to Tommy Sweeney and his skill set, blocker, fullback, tight end, versus do we keep a guy like Cager, who's another athlete cut out of the Darren Waller, Daniel Bellinger school of thought, okay? Mm -hmm. So there I could see you're going to maybe throw somebody onto waivers and there's no guarantee that they're going to get through because do they keep four tight ends? I mean, unless they look at, once again, Sweeney or Myrick as a fullback and that gives them the ability to keep Waller, Bellinger, Cager, and then Myrick, or yeah. Sweeney under the fullback. So there's some... I like that one. A tough decision yep. to make there. And then the other one, I think, is running back. No? Because how many running backs are you going to keep? You've got Barkley. You've got Breida. Okay, we know those two guys. You just drafted Eric Gray, so he's a lock, pretty much. Brightwell showed some really nice flashes last season. And Oh, by the way, speaking of special teams, we didn't bring up Brightwell's name. Yep. Brightwell is a four-special team guy. Yep. Okay, going back to his college days. And they just brought in James Robinson, oh, the yeah, veteran. Oh, did just bring yeah. him in. And... Let's not forget Jay Sean Corbin, yeah. who was with the team last year. Right. So you're going to have a tough decision on the back end. Now, a guy like Brightwell, I think he helps his cause because of special, teams. Of special teams. But I look at running and back and tight Breeders end. on teams, too. Yep. Correct. Yep. Yeah. Those are the two positions that I think jump out to me where I don't know if it's five or six guys, but you're having a conversation about two to three, and somebody's not earning a job, and it's not necessarily a reflection of they're not good enough. Yeah, in those two positions, there's only really one guy out there, sometimes two guys out there, max. You know, like tight end, you might throw three guys on the field. Very, very rare. You know, all the other positions, defensive line, linebackers, you got multiple guys on the field at all times. Most of the time in those positions, there's only one guy on the field. There's only one running back on the field most of the time. I mean – Saquon's back, and they could do a lot of different things with Saquon, you know. So we'll see. I didn't even look at it like that, but now that you you actually bring the depth chart up, I could see tight end and 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 running back being an overhaul. But that's a good problem to have. Absolutely, that's a really yep. good problem to have. That you can look at several different positions and say we got too many guys. Somebody's going to get cut. That's good. You want as many good players fighting for those limited positions as possible. And remember, there are spots on the practice squad for proven veterans. So I'm just throwing out a hypothetical. James Robinson, yep. if you cut him, there may be a chance that he could pass through waivers and, and get land to the, the practice, practice squad. squad. It's not yep. crazy. Which you have a good guy in the reserve to, has, that has adequate experience in the NFL that, boom, all of a sudden somebody goes down, he can step in, don't miss a beat. Like an Alfred Morris, who I think Ooh, back to I remember him. a few years ago. Yes, yeah, sir. Well, that was a 1,000-yard rusher when you were playing yeah. consistently yeah. in his first few years in Washington. Mm-hmm. Doing a lot of reminiscing about your playing days, specifically <laughs> that 2016 season. Oh, by the way, before we get back to the lines, I was looking up 
the play-by-play that caller earlier was referencing the Ravens game. Yeah. And I wanted to commend you because you were on point. Not that I ever doubted you. I just want to make the record clear. I always have had high thoughts in terms of your memory. But Terrence West, okay? Well, Terrence West, man, you without any hesitation, Jay-Z, you were on the money. Though I will add some clarity, okay? Mm-hmm. It was a goal line stand, but it's important to note, after the second and goal from the two, in which the pass to Terrence West was broken up from Joe Flacco, then the Ravens called a timeout, and then on third and goal from the two, they handed back to Terrence West, they ran you over into the end zone, and you guys did not finish the job, okay? So I understand the caller was giving you some brownie points, but I think it's important to get to the facts. There was a breakdown a little bit later on in the drive. No, it was not. It was a turnover on downs. It was fourth down. Well, the, the possession I'm looking at in the fourth quarter with over two minutes, you're thinking of the next possession. That was a third and the 15. The one he's talking about. Well, But he was talking about goal line. You were not in the goal line on that last possession. Boy, you better bring that up. Better uh-huh. bring that up, Dom. Well, we may have to have a, a bring little that up. film class uh, after bring the show. I'm just going by the whole play-by-play here. That's all. All right, the jury is still out apparently, but I didn't see no goal line stand on that nice very last possession. Oh, no, no, I am, I'm more than confident standing behind my principles here on this program. Bro, I made yes. the play and walked off the field. Well, <laughs> that's then, fourth down, then, bro. Then Giants got the ball right there. Then something is is up here on Pro Football Reference in terms of their what breakdown and their play by play. This was the Ravens, the game Ravens game from 2016. Bro, it's so, like my best play. Of course, I remember what happened. I watched it a thousand times. I'm just saying, I'm I'm seeing Terrence West into the end zone for a touchdown with 208 to go. Yeah. Well, you show me where that play occurred, even if it was on the second possession. Because see, on the second possession, seven seconds left, third and 15 from the 29. Flacco incomplete to Dennis Pitta. That's how the game ended. Because Odell scored the big touchdown. Yeah, it wasn't at the end, though. It was like early in the fourth. Okay, so it was was earlier in the the game. Okay, Earlier in the fourth or late in the third. Okay, well, see, that's a, a different story here. Now we're, now we're, we're getting to the, the bottom of things here as I scroll through the uh, breakdown of the game. Terrence West, no gain, third and one from the Giants, one, third quarter, 38 seconds to go. So it was Bro, earlier I, in the fourth game. Fourth down. Why do I keep going to third down? It was fourth and two or fourth on the two. Find it. Man. Yeah, it's yeah. There third, no, it was third and one. You stopped him, and then you stopped him on fourth and one. He lost a yard on that. So okay, it was back to back plays. Good, no, no, good, we, we good, got to the bottom good, of it, good, good, but it was good. in the third quarter. It wasn't game on the line in the fourth quarter. That's hey, all he I'm was saying. like, "Yo, so he you saw yeah. it, you, but you no, saw no, it." He was like, "JC, it, no, that's not how it, it went. You got ran no. over for a touchdown. Sorry." <laughs> it's like, no, man. Well, no, no. Like, am I that, am I mistaken that, or something? That was a little bit later on in the fourth quarter. They they ended up scoring, but we won the game. You did. You won the game. I wasn't taking that away from you. And it was a huge momentum change in play. It was indeed. Odell took like a I don't know seventy five yard. Yeah, slant yeah. to, oh, the he crib took it to the house. Not sure. too long after that. Yep. It's okay, got, Lance. I've got fourth and goal. New York Giants won on yeah. the first snap of the fourth quarter. Correct. Yes, because the third go. and one was the very last play of the third. Giants West yep. left pushed out of bounds, and New York Giants won negative one yards. Sure. Jonathan Casillas. Yeah. No, no. All good with that. I'm just saying it wasn't with the game on the line in the fourth quarter. That's all <laughs> that I wanted to <laughs> make sure. Oh, you remember that? Yeah. <laughs> he got up, the camera went on him. I'm like, what happened to me? <laughs> All right, let's uh, head back to the phone lines here as we move along. Tom is in Stratford joining us here on BBKL. What's happening, Tom? What do you got for us? Hey, shout out to Dom. There we go. All right. Four. Now, yeah, we're beyond the hey, trifecta. You know four for four. I'm doing, a, I'm 
doing a shout out to Pearson too, even though he's not here today. Oh, we will pass the message along to Pearson. Yeah, anybody else okay. you'd like to shout out? You know, there's a cast no. of thousands on the other side of the camera <laughs> that we can That's name. That's okay. Yeah. These are the only ones I know. Anyways, um, is anyone on uh, on your program planning on going to Detroit next week? Uh, Detino will be out yeah, there. Yeah, And so will Schmel. Yeah. Yes. So we'll have two people. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay, fantastic. And uh, what time is the show on uh, tomorrow and next week? It'll be one thirty, like usual. Oh, one thirty. Yeah. Okay. Uh, well, usually it's twelve thirty. Well, so. we've been well since the start of training camp, though. We've been at one thirty. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. All right. My lunch is at twelve thirty. <laughs> this is why I've been missing your shows. Well, okay. twelve thirty was what we normally do throughout the regular season and the bulk of the off season. But starting at training camp, we went to one thirty, and then we're going to shift to eleven a.m. a little bit. Later on into training camp, but we'll let you know in advance so you can plan accordingly, okay. Tom. Yeah, so you can mark Thank it down in your that. calendar. Yes, exactly. Thank you. Not a problem. Have a great day. Okay. Oh, that was it. Wow. Okay. So we compliment Dom. We get clarification on the travel schedule of the staff. Peace. Thank you. And the time of the show, and then he just goes off, just drops the mic like that. Okay. I was thinking maybe we get a little bit more substance out of that. Want to take away any more Casillas plays before? No, no, no. I wasn't taking away any plays. It was just, it was sold earlier in the program when you weren't here as the end of the game, the end all be all. And I don't remember that happening. And I brought up the play. I'm not taking it away. I'm just clarifying the earlier conversation. It wasn't the end of the game. It wasn't the end of the game. It wasn't the end of the game. Well, a lot happened after that. It did. It It did. No, no. It was a big play at the time. But then. Terrence West scores a touchdown. Odell went for the home run, and then you had to stop him on a third and 15. I mean, that's ages and ages of more plays after the fact. That's all I'm saying. I'm not taking anything away from the guy next to me right here. Okay. You're stirring the pot and causing trouble. As Schmelk okay. laughs and giggles is like a little scroll girl off the camera. Yes. And now he has to make an appearance. Yeah, there we go. All right. Lollipops and rainbows. my guy, yes. man. He Everybody. It's all on it the had, same page. It had to be clarification, you know. He, you it know, had to be clarification. All right. Yeah, no, that's it was okay. Caller earlier in the program. It was actually it was Jason in New Haven. I wasn't hearing things. Lance is just yeah. mad. His feet don't touch the floor. No. his stools. That's it. <laughs> My feet haven't touched the floor since I came out of the womb. Okay, I've needed assistance. But I'm glad that we clarified that. Okay, you see. It goes both ways on this program. Anything else that we would like to uh, bro, get out of the way? We're no, we're good, all bro. good with that. Okay, good. Finally, some closure with respect to that. Anybody else want to weigh in at the last second and give Dom a pat on the back? We've got about a few fractions of a second left on the program. Feel free to uh, try to squeeze that in. With that being said, we'll be back up and running again tomorrow at 1.30 p.m. Eastern. Giants will have another practice open to the public at 10 a.m. Eastern. So we'll be recapping the festivities on that front. And a reminder... Today's episode of Big Blue Kickoff Live is part of the Giants platforms everywhere and Giants.com slash podcast. For Jonathan Casillas, the man who makes a goal line stand, and he makes sure that you all remember it with pride, I'm Lance Meadow. That'll do it for us here on BBKL. Hey, I had to get my last shot in. We'll speak to you and see you tomorrow. Have a good one, everybody. Peace. This is where projects come to life. Our showrooms are designed to inspire with the latest products from top brands, curated in an inviting, hands-on environment, and a team of industry experts to support your project. We'll be there to make sure everything goes as planned, from product selection to delivery coordination. At Ferguson Bath, Kitchen, and Lighting Gallery, your project is our priority. Find great brands like Thermador at your local showroom or visit us online at ferguson.com build.
All-inclusive vacations make life easy with endless eats, bottomless drinks, and never-ending fun. So booking an all-inclusive vacation should be easy too, right? That's where Apple Vacations comes in. Book your all-inclusive getaway with Apple Vacations and receive exclusive perks at select resorts. You'll find the best deals to Hyatt, Zalara, Riviera Maya in Mexico and enjoy a selection of exclusive non-stop vacation flights. Turn on easy mode at applevacations.com or call your local travel advisor to get started. Visit applevacations.com or call your local travel advisor to get started.